Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes on the Global Manufacturing Picture. I'm Cliff Waldman. I'm the host of Cliff Notes, one of many on Manufacturing Talk Radio. On this show, we try to uh, take a look at the numbers and tell you what the story is with the U.S. manufacturing sector. Well, what a time for me to start this show. It started at the beginning of 2020. The April numbers are in, and unsurprisingly, although perhaps shockingly, we are all privy to history, a history that we never wanted to see and perhaps we never thought we would see, a history that children study in school but we thought was a past era. We have numbers all related to manufacturing and the general economy that are history-breaking. As this devastating virus came to our shores, threatened our lives, caused a shutdown, and created a massive problem for the otherwise powerful U.S. economy. On this show, this episode, what I'm going to do is four things. I'm going to take you through three major indicators that either directly or tangentially uh, are of importance to U.S. manufacturing. One is retail sales. I'm recording this on Friday, May 15th. The retail sales number came out this morning, and it was a devastatingly difficult report. We'll talk about it. Then, as usual, I will talk about the latest Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Managers Index report. The oldest survey indicator in the United States goes back to 1931. So, you know, that number knows what history we are talking about. And, of course, we will talk about the other big number that came out this morning, Friday, May 15th, the Federal Reserve's industrial production number. Again, smashing records in a way that we never wanted to see, that we never thought we would see. But let's turn the tide at the end of this episode toward a little optimism. We know we're going to get through this. We know there's another side. The pace of medical research uh, for the coronavirus, both in terms of vaccines and therapeutics, is interesting and significant. Nobody's ever going to make a prediction when we're going to see a vaccine or we're going to see effective therapeutics. But all indications are to be at least cautiously optimistic. We know that the states, as difficult as it is, are starting to reopen. We have to do that. Given that, I'm going to ask a question. We know that the U.S. manufacturing sector is going to come back. And I will say, what's going to lead it back? What is going to lead it out of its, this most difficult of declines? And I will give you briefly four areas that I think are going to help bring manufacturing back. It's a hazy picture. It will change over time. But I don't think it's too early for us to start thinking about that. With that in mind, let's start. Consumer spending. The consumer was told to stay home. The consumer did stay home. Retail sales in April were down a record 16.4% after an 8% decline in March. Especially difficult numbers were seen with motor vehicle and parts sales down 12.4%. Furniture down 58.7%. Electronics and appliance stores down 60.6%. Clothing and accessories down 
78.8% in a month. I have to tell you, before I came on the air here, I had to check these numbers. Nobody's ever seen anything like that, and it reflects the terrible lockup and the necessary lockup that the U.S. economy, and particularly the U.S. consumer, has been experiencing. The only plus in the retail sales report, I think, is just something we're all aware of, something we know is going to just only grow in the future, and that's non-store retailers, up 8.4%. If anything, the move toward online consumer spending is only going to be accelerated by the coronavirus crisis. All right. Given that setting for consumer spending, given the fact that major powers have slid into difficult times, Germany has slid into the worst recession since the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. China is showing a little bit of comeback, but it's a struggling comeback. And frankly, they're a little afraid of a second outbreak of the coronavirus crisis there, which will impact their numbers. The rest of the world is difficult. And given that, it is not surprising what we saw in the April Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Managers Index. In March, the Purchasing Managers Index was 49.1. Remember with that index, below 50% means contraction in the U.S. manufacturing sector. March, it was just below 49.1%. It fell significantly to 41.5% for the April report. This is the largest one-month decline since the acute phase of the financial crisis when markets were breaking up in October of 2008. The components of the Purchasing Managers Index in April were even more telling. New orders fell from 42 – the New Orders Index, New Orders Sub-Index, I should say, fell – from 42.2% in March of 2020 to 27.1% in April of 2020. This is the largest one-month decline since April of 1951. The New Orders Index for manufacturing is now at its lowest reading since December of 2008 when we were staring at the breakup of the U.S. financial system. At 27.5%, the production index for April is now at its lowest level since records began in January of 1948. And I'll tell you something, as bad as that April report, for the Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Management Index was, it wasn't actually, remarkably, it wasn't actually negative enough to to reflect the actual contraction numbers that were seen in the release this morning of the Federal Reserve's Industrial Production Report. To begin with, total manufacturing in April fell by 13.7% just from March to April. This is a one this is a 101 year old record. The Federal Reserve's industrial production report began in 1919. Year over year, 
for April, manufacturing output fell by about 18%. 18%. I have been forecasting, and I will let my um, forecast be known on this show as well as in other places, a 22% decline for U.S. manufacturing output for all of 2020. Right now, I do not see a reason to change that. If there is a reason, believe me, I will be more than happy to change it. But I think at least the qualitative spirit of my prediction of a 22% decline for U.S. manufacturing output for all of for calendar year 2020 remains intact. At about 86% of its 2012 average, U.S. manufacturing production is now at its lowest level since August of 1997. As noted by the Federal Reserve, the output of motor vehicles and parts fell by more than 70%, We knew something like that was coming because auto plants were simply shut down in the wake of the severe threat posed by the coronavirus. We have never seen anything like that before, and while we expected it, a 70% decline in the output of certainly one of the most important manufactured goods means that we have had a hit to manufacturing like probably has never been seen before. Production outside of motor vehicle and parts fell by a little more than 10%. Primary metals, which is a basic input into uh, many manufacturing, the output of primary metals, I should say, which is a basic input into many manufacturing supply chains, fell by more, slightly more than 20%. Machinery production, which has become an increasingly important sector for U.S. manufacturing growth, fell by 11.3%. With retail sales virtually shut down in April, it's hardly a surprise that apparel and leather output fell by 24.1%. In the April U.S. Industrial Production Report, there were no manufacturing sectors that had any increases. It was 100% deep declines across the board. Okay, so the picture, the numbers are clear. We know why it happened. It was an exogenous shock that will be written about for generations to come. But I think it's not too early to start thinking about what comes next. It's the we are in an abyss like we've never seen before. We have a massive economic problem and we have a massive medical challenge. But let's, on this Friday, and even uh, whenever you're listening to this podcast, say, as we get into summer, let's try to think about the future. Not, uh, not delusionally, but at least realistically. We know we're going to have the other side to this. The medical research on therapeutics and uh, on vaccinations 
We're not going to predict it, but as I said, we know that it's moving apace, and we know that we're seeing at least some significant advances in that, and we know that it is tremendous collaboration. I hope that one of the things that comes out of this very difficult period is that the degree of collaboration that we're seeing to fight the coronavirus is a collaboration that we can see for many, many other challenges that the world had. That would be a good legacy of this very dark period. But given the fact that we can say with confidence that, hey, we don't know when the timing is that there's going to be another side to this, I thought I would just take a few minutes now at the end of this podcast to say, what is the manufacturing recovery going to look like? And more more importantly, not in ter- just in terms of numbers, but what segments of manufacturing are going to lead the whole manufacturing sector out of the deep hole that it is now? I'm going to suggest, just suggest, because the the um, the picture is murky, four possible areas that would help both short-term and perhaps long-term pull the manufacturing sector back to life. First, of course, you know, containing the virus to the point where we can start at least well enough that we can start producing that again. That's the major uncertainty. When that happens, I'm first going to say, in spite of this report that I just gave you, that autos is probably going to be one of the segments that is going to help at the right time, when that happy time happens, pull manufacturing back to life again. First place, just in terms of the technical numbers, it has nowhere to go but up. And you're going to be, when something deep dives so badly, when you have a recovery, you're probably going to, have, at least technically speaking, have a big snap up. And that at least just will, for the early months of recovery, when they come, will help manufacturing to slowly get on its feet again. But more interestingly, just beyond the early months of recovery, I think there are going to be are some interesting questions about automobile demand in the post-pandemic era. The question becomes, are we going to see more driving and less flying? The subject has been broached. It's been discussed. It's at least interesting, and if that's the case, it's going to be a plus for automobile demand. Are we going to see people, and particularly the millennials, move out of the city centers to less crowded areas? We're unsure. We're in an emotional time, but it's at least been discussed. And it's been, frankly, that's been discussed about the millennial generation for quite some time now. So it is possible, both short term and long term, that autos may actually help us to get out of the, to help the manufacturing sector get out of the deep hole that it's in right now. Stemming from autos, business machinery, and particularly automation machinery, might help us. Automation has been a story in the evolution of the manufacturing sector that I have talked about, that other commentators have talked about, that the guests on Manufacturing Matters have talked about. And I think that in the wake of this uh, dark crisis, automation investment is probably, if nothing else, going to accelerate. 
And autos is a very, very – it's one of the most automated segments in the U.S. manufacturing sector. So just for that reason, while capital spending has been a weakness in the U.S. economy for actually for some time now, exacerbated by the trade fight of the past few years, I think at least initially certain segments of business machinery output may be another sector that helps manufacturing to recover. The third one perhaps is uh, you know is is you know something to study to st- uh, to have a show on biopharmaceutical investment. We know we are going to be investing greatly in vaccinations, greatly in therapeutics. We may learn other things for other diseases that will cause further investments. We know we had some big difficulties with medical equipment supply chains in this past era, and I am confident that we're going to make investments in getting more domesticated, more resilient medical equipment supply chains. So biopharma slash medical equipment investments in those areas should also add some thrust to a longer-term manufacturing recovery. Finally, furniture. Furniture is taking a deep dive, but the housing prior to um, the beginning of the coronavirus crisis, housing had been showing, which had been in a slump through much of 2018, really had been showing a recovery. And again, are people, and particularly the millennials, going to want to get out of the city centers into less densely populated areas? If the answer is, is yes, then that is going to put some um, tailwinds behind any housing recovery, which will help furniture, which in turn will help manufacturing. That's what I can say for now, but I will tell you I'm going to be asking this while we follow these difficult numbers, and we have months of difficult numbers ahead. This is not going to turn around very fast. But while we do follow and do our best to interpret and get what we can out of these very, very difficult numbers – It's time, and it's as important to start asking, what does the near and even the intermediate-term future look like post-pandemic for U.S. manufacturing? I will be working on that for you. I will have guests on my other show, Manufacturing Matters, who can talk to me, talk to you about that. Until then, this is Cliff Waldman for Cliff Notes saying... We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.